Merry Christmas. Please be seated. Welcome to All Saints Church. There are many reasons why you might be here this evening. Maybe you've been looking forward to Christmas for weeks, or maybe you're visiting family from out of town, or maybe you've been dragged here by someone that you love enough to be dragged here for. Or maybe you're here seeking comfort during a difficult time. Or maybe you just wanted to hear Arturo O'Farrell and the Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra. But it doesn't matter why you're here. If you only remember one thing about this place, I'd ask that you try to remember this, that we believe that God is love, that God loves all people, and that this love is what makes the world go round. When you boil it all down, that's the Christmas message. And that's why we celebrate Christmas in this place. I want to give a special shout out to people of other faiths or people of no faith. It's a special blessing that you would choose to grace this house with your presence. And especially to our Jewish sisters, brothers, and siblings, Chag Sameach. Christians have been overplaying Jewish spiritual traditions for centuries. And as you can see, this Hanukkah, we couldn't keep ourselves to just eight candles. No matter what your spiritual background, I don't blame anyone for being skeptical about coming to church, especially on Christmas. There are all too many Christians who try to use Jesus to make other people feel bad or guilty about themselves. But listen again to the Christmas story to the words that are in the Bible itself. The Gospel says that God comes to us as an infant child. That's what this holiday is all about. Has an infant ever made you feel bad about yourself? Or guilty that you don't believe in something? Of course not. Newborns are pure gift. And even when they're a handful, they're an innocent handful. So relax, and this evening, draw near to this tiny, innocent God who wants nothing more than for us all to live in love. Last week was a little bit of a rough one for me personally. I was struggling to recover from COVID, and I'm sure you know many people who have come down with it recently, and that was at the end of a very hectic autumn. You can add to that the fact that, like many people, this isn't actually my favorite time of year. It's dark, it's cold, and I have conflicted feelings about the holiday. As joyful as it can be, for many people, Christmas also opens a doorway into loss and sadness. And there could be a big distance between how we think we're supposed to feel and how we actually feel this time of year. So I was feeling a little blue. And then an interesting post about Christmas popped up in my social media. And the post said this. Many of us work very hard at this time of year to give ourselves and our loved ones the perfect Christmas. 
Yet Christmas is the promise of Christ's coming into the world to bring hope and joy regardless of circumstances. Jesus was born into a troubled time to impoverished parents who, like 60 million people in the world today, were displaced from their home. The perfect Christmas is the one that manifests God's unyielding love for us and breaks through the barriers we place between ourselves and God. When I read these words, I thought, wow, that's actually just exactly what I needed to hear. And I was so grateful to see it. So naturally, I wondered who wrote it. And then I looked a little bit more closely, and I realized that the genius who wrote those words was actually me. (laughs) It turns out I had written it in 2015, and it came up in my feed as a Facebook memory. It was shared by the wife of a former parishioner who posted it as a memory, and she said she was thinking about this post as she was hurrying to get Christmas ready for herself and her family and her church, because she, too, is now a priest. So thank you, Susan, for sending me a Christmas message in a bottle, a message that I really sent to myself. You know, Christmas is many, many things. But one of these things is it's something like a message in a bottle. It's a message from Christians to the rest of the world that God is love, and that the purest love is also the most vulnerable. It's a message from previous generations to the faithful who lived in hope under much more difficult circumstances than we are even living today. And yes, for people of faith, it is a message from God, a 2,000-year-old note that we rediscover every year at this time. Because God knew that one thing about being human is that we pretty easily lose our sense of perspective. We celebrate Christmas every year because we need to keep hearing God's message in a bottle. This holiday is the celebration of God incarnate, God coming to us in flesh and bone. In that way, it's a celebration of our flesh as well, an acknowledgement that we see God with the things that God has given us in this life, with our bodies, with our minds, with our communities. Christmas is the celebration of God's own tenderness, the miracle that God chooses to greet us in a newborn migrant child born to parents who had no money and no status. Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus the Savior. That's a word that's gotten pretty twisted by some very bad theology over the years. When I say Jesus is the Savior, I mean that my religion is one of hope and optimism. That no matter how bad this world may seem, I believe that there is a God who, like the Christ child, meets us in the worst of circumstances. That's the Christmas story. The words written on the piece of paper, lovingly folded up in a bottle and sent off into the wide ocean. But Christmas is not just about the Christmas story. It's about repeating the Christmas story 
retelling it year after year, returning to it like a thirsty person returns to a well. You know, this is one of the basic rules of the spiritual life. You keep practicing something over and over again, no matter how strange and weird it seems. And then all of a sudden, one day, you wake up and realize that it's become a part of you. One-time revelations can be ecstatic and moving, but real change of the Spirit comes when we do something repeatedly. Even if you don't believe the Christmas story or if it feels like it's far away or it's childish and naive, this bottle has washed up at your feet this evening. And the message inside is telling you something important. Life is difficult, and we live in uncertain times. Faced with adversity, we have two choices. Give in to defeat and cynicism, or persevere in hope. Take the case of Mary. She was a pregnant Jewish teenager betrothed to the village carpenter. She was forced by the government to travel at the end of her pregnancy. She went into labor on the road, giving birth to a child not fathered by her fiancé. And she did this all while being surrounded by barnyard animals. What kind of future do you think that she would look forward to? What comfort do you think that she expected that fateful evening? That there was nothing depressing or cynical about that night. There were angels and stars and shepherds and a child. To some, it may have seemed as if she had nothing. But to those who were there, the night was filled with a hope so powerful that we feel it even today. A message of love and hope passed down from generation to generation. And now it arrives to us tonight. What will we do with this Christmas message? How will we live in love in our own time? How will we offer hope and light to our families and friends, to our community, and to this broader world, which is so broken and so in need of it? Let me tell you a story about how this church has tried to live out the love of Christmas. When the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan, People in our church were worried about those who had to flee the chaos that ensued. We organized ourselves and invited friends and acquaintances to join. Some of you are in the house this evening. Because of this work, we were able to sponsor a family for resettlement in New York City. Let me tell you, it was hard work, and it required a lot of effort and organization, especially because the couple we were sponsoring was expecting a child. But if there's one thing the experience confirmed to me, it's that when you're doing God's work, the right people and all the resources you need invariably appear. We raised tens of thousands of dollars, found people who had the skill that the family needed, and successfully helped them get their footing in this harsh city under the most difficult of circumstances. This May, the couple gave birth to a child, 
Like Jesus, that baby is a symbol of hope born to displaced parents under the most difficult possible circumstances. What a miracle. But there was a message in a bottle for me in all of this, too. My own father was born into similar circumstances as that child in a refugee camp after the Second World War. It was a priest who sponsored my family to come to the U.S. and to start a new life here. This year, I got to be the priest, the one helping out a family in the same situation decades later. My dad is no longer with us, but the kindness that was shown to him when he was just a little child is still with us, and it still flows through every other act of kindness, a message of love and hope passed from generation to generation, a Christmas note that keeps washing up at the feet with anyone who has the eyes to see it. Friends, this is just one small manifestation of the miracle of Christmas. There are millions more happening right now, even as we sit here tonight. The Christmas message is here. It is alive, and it is with us. Use it wisely. Jesus was born so that love, hope, and all that is good in this life would abide in the world forever. When you see this message, believe that it is true. Believe that it comes from God. And when it has refreshed you, when you have gotten what you need from it, then roll it back up, stuff it in the bottle, and put the cork on tight and release it back out into the wide ocean of life. Because someone, maybe even you, will need to see the babe in the manger again soon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And amen. <laughs>